You're listening to To Become Family, a podcast aimed at restoring confidence in marriage and family life. From the top, and we'll look this way, from the top, welcome to To Become Family. This is a podcast aimed at restoring confidence in marriage and family life. We are your hosts, Renzo and Monica Ortega, and look, we're professional with new lighting and a new camera angle and multiple camera angles. Look at that. This is clearly not... But I still want to keep looking there. (laughs) So we're going to try. We probably will for the majority of this. I'm going to work so hard. Look, they're all watching. All of them. No, most of you are listening. So for those of you that are, are listening, thank you for showing up consistently and listening to the podcast. Um, I'm. It must be, well, it must be easier maybe to laugh at the jokes when it's just audio, like you're more committed. Because I feel like when I watch things on YouTube, I'm like, turn it on, I'm doing other things. Okay. Yeah. So right. they're focused, you mean? Like yeah. Like, the, like when you're in audio, like you're listening. <laughs> that's makes, the only, that's yeah, the only yeah, like, stimuli. So you're, like, you're like straight, like I'm ready to commit to okay. whatever Renzo has to say. I hope so. I'm a, I, I've shared this before. I'm a podcast phony. I, mm-hmm. a I don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is. But is phony spelled P-H or P or with an F? You're a teacher. Math teacher. I'm pretty sure it's phony. <laughs> like phone? No, I'm being serious. I know it's phony. I just don't know what it's, how it's spelled. No, like know. the word like phone. I know. I know. <laughs> I knew the possibility of pH, but I wonder if phony is spelled with an F. I don't know. Um, but I don't listen to podcasts because I cannot hyper-focus just on listening to a podcast. I feel like I have too many other All things right. to it's think It's not hyper-focus. About. You just like kind of focus. Enough focus. And then when Renzo says something intriguing, you're like, oh, I'm going to write that down. You giggle a little bit. I got the – somebody texted us about me wanting to be Ryan Gosling. So those are, those are the things that people take back from the podcast. <laughs> nothing deep Gain and theological. nothing else but a more intimate idea of who Renzo is. And who he recognizes he is not. <laughs> Speaking of our identities, though. Oh, <laughs> look at that segue. segue. Look at wow. that. I, like I planned it. The whole take one did not go well. So this was great. That was a good that was This a good is the segue. only take. Don't don't give. We, we, everything is one take. We never edit. I always look like this. That's mostly. I do actually. You know what I've considered? No. One of the worrisome things about putting this on YouTube is now that you will soon realize that I have like three rotations of shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and she's laughing because it's true. Like three shirts, and I'm like, yeah, I feel comfortable wearing this. Yes. So this is, this is the maroon. This is, this is the maroon. <laughs> Henley. What, Henley. <laughs> Let's call that a Lenny. <laughs> Not a Lenny. This is the maroon Henley. You're gonna get that. You're gonna get the the striped shirt, the striped white shirt, and then. I have like one more that like I oh the green I, I like the green one you like the green one and then uh, United Tea will show up a yes, lot the, the black United, United tea. tea yes so those are that's the rotation of shirts if you want to support Renzo's effort of having more clothes patreon.com slash to become family you you tell me what you want me to buy with that money <laughs> and I will do it you tell me what you want me to wear I will absolutely do it because I don't know how to dress myself I yeah that's true I dress you a lot wow. Um, but so today we are talking about identities, um, particularly going into the time of Lent. 
and also because I feel very lost. <laughs> do you do you not know who you are? No. So no, no, not less more serious, less less jokey. But um, like we just finished a youth group meeting, and it's it a just, rough one. It's just hard because like I I feel less effective. I don't know about less effective. I feel less effective <laughs> than I used to be in like, and then we used to be in like bringing people in and, and, and just that's something to bring to prayer and, and just, you know, can still consider what God's will is. But I feel as though it's important that we never define ourselves by what we're doing. Sure. Right. So like I'm yes. not Renzo, the youth minister. Youth minister. Like yeah. that's a thing I do, but like I'm, I have my own identity within myself. And I think that clarity mm. or having that provides clarity and being able to navigate like what's God's will for us. Is it like, let's, let's do new things. Let's try, try new things. Or is it maybe like, okay, now let's start, like you should start considering like maybe it's time to step down. Like things like that need to yeah. be brought to prayer. Without it being a like reflection on who you are mm-hmm. and your worth. Right. Cause tonight, nights like tonight can test you on that. Cause you yep. wonder, it makes you wonder. So it's like, you understand where a lot of these identity questions and crises and yeah, not knowing where you fit in and how, how what your worth is and where you belong. Nights like tonight remind me of where those kind of can come from. Yeah. Because tough stuff happens and it makes you, it makes you wonder, it makes you question. And if your identity is not rooted in something that is unchanging, you can, you can that, feel uncomfortable. That like it doesn't, yeah, it's unchanging because the worth or value of who you are doesn't come from you. Because it, so. Mm, and your, what like you to, do, what you bring. Yeah, like to elaborate yeah. without elaborating too much, because like we don't want to share too much details, but like the, and this goes for, I guess, anything, like doing this YouTube video, mm-hmm. blog, no blog, <laughs> audio blog, podcast. Um or like writing the book for Ave Maria, which we did, and we announced we're writing a book with Ave, Ave Maria Press. Yes. Um, but like, or Sorry. we're going to be flying to EWTN Tuesday. Tuesday, we'll be in the air while you're listening to this. Yeah. If you're it. a committed listener, if not, and we're already landed, thanks for nothing because <laughs> you could have been praying. Um, but like any any of those things that we're doing, um, it's really easy and tempting to be like, oh, look, this gives me more worth because mm-hmm. we're doing something that that you know takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of courage, whatever. And we could be like, oh, look how great we are. Um, but then, like, then you're never open to discern, like, is this what God's calling you to do? Because you feel like you need this, mm-hmm. um, and then and that's sorry. what that's what fills you, and that's what gives you, yeah, that's what gives you your meaning. That's what helps you know who you are, mm-hmm. and really, those things they don't matter like they don't matter to who you are like yeah what your what your identity is who you are as a person and who you are to the world and to the lord Mm -hmm. um but man it can be so tempting though because that's what that's what's right in front of you right these Mm -hmm. these jobs that you have and these tasks that you're doing or the failures that you are facing, mm-hmm. um, the struggles, the sufferings, they're how, all, they're all right in front of you. How so. does that? So and I, I, don't, I wonder how much of it is cultural, but like it, it, I feel as though in our American culture, like we, we tend to, to like, we want to live out the American dream. We want to strive for a lot. And there's a tendency to define yourself by that striving. Mm-hmm. Like how hard are you working? Are you grinding? Are you taking days off? Are you going on vacation? Like there's, mm-hmm. You know, and then pendulum swings or whatever. Um, but for you, as a, as a person who was a teacher who got her master's in education and is now a stay at home mom, like has that ever been a struggle? 
Yeah, it definitely was a struggle. Well, tell me more. Oh, was, so much. Fun. I was planning. On it. I don't know. I don't know if you're just like- <laughs> it was definitely a struggle when I first made the shift from one to the other, and then also well, you did the shift twice. I did do the shift twice. So, so after our first son was born, I became a stay at home mom and worked part time, and then I went back to work. Um, I went back to work. Well, it was kind of like part-time, full-time. I was a long-term sub mm. for a couple months um, before Gianna. And then I went back full-time, full-time after Gianna was born for a few years. And then now I'm home again. Um, there was so much like restlessness and uneasiness in the first, like at the beginning when I first shifted to being a stay-at-home mom. Um, I just didn't feel comfortable in my roles. I felt like I was capable of doing more. I should be doing more. I was discontent. Um, And even just like, I just didn't, yeah, I felt like there were definitely times where I felt like I lost myself because I didn't know who I was and I didn't feel like I belonged here. I didn't know where I belong, if I belong there. Um, I'm feeling like I'm saying a lot of vague things. I'm not articulating really like the depth of how, uncomfortable and restless I was, but I just felt like a, don't worry. This is why you have me. Okay. Oh. Can you tell us more? So that's a prompt. I'm I'm trying to tell you more. Oh, I thought you were going to, you needed a prompt. I'm no, give you, give you a good one. That doesn't All right, so help this, me here. <laughs> I love <laughs> your face so much. <laughs> no. All right. Um, honest prompt though. And, um, so in terms of the identities, did you feel like you were doing a good job as a mother? No. Okay. Yeah. Go well, on. identities, we didn't get to that part yet, though. Well, I, I guess you were saying you were vague. I was trying to give you like a specific. Because okay. like I think the reason it's vague is because it's so there's so many different aspects to it that mm. you felt restless. So like it's easier to just say I felt restless and then be like, well, as a mother, I felt like I was doing this. And as a wife, I was doing this. And as a daughter, was, like there's all these different. Sure. And I think actually a lot of us struggle with that of feeling like I'm I'm uneasy and I don't know where why and you and we might even be able to articulate it's because of the identities like I'm struggling within my identity as a son as a husband as a father but when we take a step back and realize like I'm there's many facets of my life that I'm not doing well in and this Mm -hmm. is why I have this restlessness Mm -hmm. yeah so in particular my identity as a mother right I was a young mom new mom had little babies. So one of the struggles was you're doing so much work and putting in so much effort and you're seeing nothing come of it because they're so little. So they can't, they can't produce, they can't show that like the effort that you've been putting in does anything. And, and I wasn't seeing our connection and our building of a relationship as as a success like i didn't mm-hmm. see that as something to measure because it wasn't measurable right and our second son was colicky and cried a lot for six months so mm-hmm. even that i felt like i was never satisfying him or meeting his needs or doing what giving him what he needed and deserved so i must be failing as a mom um and i remember so much there's a phrase that i heard from a lot of people that i I definitely bought into was 
I'm a better mom for for working. Like when I'm a working mm. mom, I'm a I'm a better mom. I come home and I'm a better mom. And I definitely felt that way when I did that long-term sub. There was this restlessness and this position came up and we figured out how to make it work that we could both be working. And I took that sub position um, to kind of test out, could we do this? Should we be a, a dual working home? And um, how how would that work? And I felt so successful at school. Like I felt like I was doing a good job. And not that I was a outstanding teacher or whatever, but I was able to quantitatively see the effect I was having. Right. And I was getting immediate feedback. And even if it was negative, I was able to adjust and and things like that. So and I felt that I did a better job coming home as a mom because I came home confident. Hmm. Right. So I came home confident. I came home productive. So I felt as if I was a better mom. Hmm. And and because I wasn't doing it 24-7, I felt as if I could give better attention to the kids because this wasn't monotonous and mm. all day long. It was kind of um, a novelty. I also wonder if there's, there's less fails. Right? Less fails because you're less like, yeah, yeah. they go to bed soon, you know? So I, and this is not to knock working parents, but that phrase of, I guess I want to harp on that phrase of I'm a better mom when I'm a working mom. And I want to make sure that that is identified as that was not a good, Mm. that was not a good way to assess my identity and assess my motherhood because of a job. Yeah. Right. That was a disordered way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. What about um, anything in terms of the identities as, as as wife? So do you want to like list the identities because i feel like you're that's jumping probably, in without that's probably a really good way of, of going <laughs> i feel like about you're things. jumping into the conversation we jumped right halfway in. The, the conversation's been going okay well, so, i've been talking a lot so well you said anything. so um well i guess it's not really hard like the the identities that that we kind of so well i guess we could structure it a little bit better but um i think it's important to identify the the identities that we live in because all of them require a relationship and like we talked about with with jp2 and and theology of body, like our bodies are imprinted the the need for relationship. And, yes. and because our souls also require relationship, we were created relationship by God for relationship. Yep. Um, and the identities are important because like, if, if I am a son that immediately puts me in a relationship with a father, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, I, and that's a relationship. If I'm a husband, there's a personal relationship with my spouse. If I'm a, if I'm a, fa- if I'm a father, I have sons and daughters. Yeah. So like there's every identity or masculine identity for myself um, corresponds with a relationship in some way. So if we don't get those right, we end up unable to to relate well to the people closest to us, and then ultimately unable to relate to God the Father Himself. Um, so for for husbands, there is so for men, yeah. there is son, father, husband, brother. brother. Ooh, that's another one. Yeah. And then for women, there are daughter, sister, bride, mother. Yeah. I went more in like age order. That makes sense. So then my mute one would be son, brother. Mm-hmm. Husband. Husband, father. That's okay. correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I know that like, and if we talked about in other episodes, the time as a stay at home dad and how that, um, because like while you were at working mom, I ended up, we, because we always decided we wanted one parent home. So while you were a working mom, I stayed home with the kids and that was a very formative time for me 
a lot of healing happened, a lot of reading happened. Um, but even in this, this idea of identity, like there was a lot of healing that happened there too, because, um, in terms of my masculinity in general, like I had to like, what, is it, what does it mean to be a man? Now suddenly I'm yeah. home changing diapers, yeah. unable to find clothes for the kids and, and then like, and, and or patients, like there was just a lot of, and that's what I said about like, there's less wins or there's more fails because like I was home with them all the time and there was constant just well, apparently nakedness, but yes, from me and the kids, like it was just, it was all terrible. And there was not, um, like I, I felt uneasy at home. Yeah. Um, and again, it wasn't just because like, this is a, like, this is not a job a guy should be doing. Like, that's not why I felt uneasy, but because I was out of like work up to that point and the things I was doing up to that point allowed me to mask a lot of the, the wounds that I had had. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the wounds surrounding my identity. Um, I've shared in other episodes how, um, I've always, or actually, I don't know. I don't know if I've shared in any of our episodes, but probably when we've been interviewed, but like, I have not been often, um, told like my dad has not growing up. My dad didn't tell me he was proud of me a lot, mm-hmm. um, ever. It's okay. Dad, I have a podcast. Um, <laughs> my wounds are showing. <laughs> No, but like, or like have said he's proud of me in, in a yes. way that like was, was not just because of like, I achieved something, um, through Noteworthy. sports yeah, or yeah. like, if, like if I got, if I won the championship, it'd be like, oh, that's great. You won it. But like, how many rebounds did you get? You mm-hmm. know, like, oh, how many turnovers do you get? Like, there was always like a thing, like, I'm proud of you, but, um, and so like, I grew up with that wound of like needing to, to always measure up in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I remember prior to me becoming a stay-at-home dad like there was like youth ministry was a big deal like oh look I in my like oh maybe I'll be a studentville speaker one day like that was a mm-hmm. thing in my head um like wanting to like find a way to to earn my way through to measure up to show like look I'm successful like look I'm worth being mm-hmm. proud of um and same in my career like I was I was a social worker at the time um but I had the eye, my eye on like maybe I'll be an, uh, an administrator and be able to run the nursing homes and I can make six figures and like there was there was like yes. oh you know I earn a certain amount like I can if I do these things well like I'll be able to fill that hole that feels like I'm unworthy. Um, and then suddenly I'm a stay at home dad. And like, I have to like, n- people now know I'm a stay at home dad. And there's this like, why are you doing that? You're yeah. a guy. And like, then suddenly like, that's not something somebody's gonna say they're proud of me for. Yeah. Right. And then having to wrestle with like, does God still love me as his son in this position? What does it mean to be a beloved son? How can I be a beloved, a good father to these kids that, that I'm with now? Like, so there's a lot of wrestling through the identities that way. Yeah. Um, just because like it's, it, you, I was kind of unable to, like, I didn't have my trajectory anymore that I had in my head. Yeah. Of, like being this, being a speaker, being able to, to, um, earn a lot of money. I was earning nothing. <laughs> and then you still had to do the laundry when you came home because I couldn't figure that out. So yeah. like, there was a lot of that too. So like, I, I remember that being a time of like a lot of, inner turmoil of like, where, what am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. Well, and it's amazing that the sacrament of marriage and then as a byproduct becoming parents challenges you in that way, right? It presents this opportunity to be restless, to be uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. to have some anxiety and to really start to look at what has brought me here. Yeah. Because, wow, okay, big light bulb. Well, no, because, sorry, I went to say this before and I forgot, but also because it wasn't just like how do I a dad or how am I perceived as a husband and father from the outside? Like we used to fight a lot. Yes. And I would also – like so then I'd go to bed at the end of the night feeling like a failure as a husband as well. Yeah. And like – and then there's also like, well, and now she's going to leave me because 
Like what, it, what is it in me that's worth staying for? Like there was mm-hmm. a lot of that too of like, I, mm-hmm. like I, I, she's upset at me for all these things. Like we, cause we were like in other episodes you could listen to, like we were struggling with different aspects of intimacy and, and how to love each other well. And you know, the kind of, I was not the best husband and father I could be. I was very passive. So like, there's a lot of things I needed to fix, but I remember we would just fight so much that I felt like even as a husband, I was failing. Mm-hmm. And then like, if I'm failing as a husband, I also felt like I was failing as a father. Cause I'm not being the kind of husband or I was not being a good husband to my kid's mother. Mm-hmm. So like, there was also like that aspect too. So like, there was a lot of, hmm. there's a lot of heaviness during that time. Yeah. And I think that that's the invitation that comes through the sacrament. We've talked to Dr. Bruninger about how the sacrament can maybe be also renamed as a sacrament of healing or labeled as a sacrament of healing because it brings up these things in us that haven't been healed yet, that Mm. they haven't been worked on, these wounds that we carry, um, either self-inflicted, inflicted inflicted by others, inflicted by just circumstance. But there was something in for both of us in this early time in our marriage and this early time of our parenthood that we were uncomfortable in our identities. Mm -hmm. And it was calling us to either ignore them and push them down, which was for me going to work, like Mm -hmm. was my escape from that. Um, Like I wanted to run away from, there were actually times I wanted to run away from our family, from our home, mm-hmm. from our my motherhood, from being a wife, because it was so hard. Mm-hmm. It was so hard. And and the the thing that made it so hard was my lack of confidence and my lack of peace and my I I kept trying to do it better and to have it be better. And what is the missing piece that will make this all be fine? Um so we could try to run away from it. We can try to fight it. We can try to ignore it. Uh, we can look at others and say, well, it's not that bad. We can compare. Or we can say, "I here is an opportunity for me to actually better understand myself, better understand my relationship with the Lord, better understand my relationship with the people in mm-hmm. my life. And where where can I root my identities in solid ground instead of my own abilities, which apparently are very lacking right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> right. So I remember during this time, and maybe it was during this time. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure. Stay at home dad time. May have been. We kind of like have marked our relationship by like that being a turning that? point yeah. in our life. Yes. So it's post Gianna. Yeah. Year four through like six Hi. of marriage. Was it? Okay. Around there. Maybe. I was working. I worked for two school years. So Okay. No, but so I remember there was one time. So like during this time, I read through uh, Dr. Bob Shute's book, Be Healed. Mm-hmm. And he has, a, he has a, a short exercise in it. Not exercise. Like he's given an excerpt of a time that he was with seminarians. And he ran them through a short exercise that had them close their eyes and imagine they're at the Jordan River and they're being baptized so it's not Jesus being baptized, it's them being baptized. So imagine Jesus, you're being baptized by John the Baptist and you go under the water and when you come up, you hear God the Father say, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. Mm. And remember, he, he kind of walked through him and then explained the whole idea of being a beloved son. And I just remember, and it's funny because like I've heard, I heard that reading so many times before. Like it's not the first time I heard that. Mm-hmm. And I heard it and I mean, I read it and I, and it really penetrated me and it made me, it hit me 
in a way that it hadn't done before. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow, that's me. And I, and I remember it sticking out to me that God, the father says to G- says to everyone that he's, that his, he's well pleased with his son before Christ starts his ministry. Right. right. So like, it's not like Jesus had already done all the things right. and now I'm proud of him. But the fact that God, the father is proud of Christ and, and proud, but like he says, I'm pleased with my son prior to anything happening. Right. Like that really, I was like, I want to be loved like that. And then being like, oh, I am loved like that. Like, I don't have to earn God's love. Um, so that was something that hit me. And I remember telling you that. And, mm-hmm. like, and then looking at you deep in the eye, I'm like, do you realize you're a beloved daughter? And you looked at me like, huh? Yeah. And then I had you read through it. And I'm like, does that, like, does that mean anything to you? And you're just like, yeah. Like, you just very, very. And, and then you go on this retreat, like six years later. Yeah. You go on this retreat. And you come back to me like, <laughs> Renzo. I'm a beloved daughter. And I'm like, yeah, I told you that six years ago. And you said nothing to me. You made me feel stupid. You remember this. I do. Yes. Yes. Okay. Nonsense. So, so going back to our That's bashing like when- our heads with youth ministry. <laughs> and our college kids come back and they're like, can you believe this thing about the mass or this thing about the Eucharist? And we're like, uh-huh. I said that to you 50, 100 times. That's not a That's number. That's not a number, not a number math, math teacher. teacher. I knew that was but I just, coming. But <laughs> I just I, remember saying that. And then you came back with like this epiphany. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I remember. So you read the book Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. As yes. Right. So you're telling about this. And you were telling me about the imagery of root and fruit and the anatomy of a wound. And you shared all of that with me, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. I great. was there. Like I was I'm really glad that your time as a stay-at-home dad is great. You have a lot of time for reading. I don't remember <laughs> having this much time to read when I was a stay-at-home mom. That's but how I ignored the kids. That's <laughs> great. Good. You're reading. This is good. I, and and I was seeing I was seeing change, right? So I'm, I'm teasing you now, but it was great. And a few years later, my book club, we read Be Healed. And I'm reading this and I'm like, devouring everything and like I'm going to change and I, you know, all these things and really under like really getting the things that you were saying before. And in fairness, I did go to therapy after going back to work. I went to therapy and had, Oh, I had a wonderful therapist and we worked through a lot. Um, and then read be healed. So I think I was in a better place to like receive Mm. all this when you're sharing it with me, it was like, brick wall, brick wall. Like, nope, I'm doing great as a teacher and yeah. I'm a great working mom. And don't you dare, you know, knock into this. Cause this is great. Everything's great. You're the one that needs to do all the work. You're the one that needs fixing around here. I'm fine. Um, and so I Isn't think, amazing, I think though? it was a lot of, mm-hmm, that's great, honey. I love, I love that you're that's reading. A, that's amazing. <laughs> Cause during that time, like, I think if people looked at our marriage, you could say that I objectively needed to fix stuff. Like yeah. there was things that like you could look around the house and be like, he needs to do things. And like, there's things he needs to work on. Um, and I don't think they would have said the same about you because mm-hmm. like, I think you, you. Oh yeah. Can... I played a good, I, I, I'm a good actress. Mm-hmm. No, I really didn't even know it about myself. Right. I mm-hmm. was like, I I'm working again. My identity was so rooted in being teacher mm-hmm. at that time. So I was like, I'm back in my, in my happy place. This is what I'm meant to do. Now, what was the difference once you um, 
Well, for now, like I think I want to I want to talk about the retreat that the book is based on. Okay. So this other book. So there's two the books book. that that we want to highlight today. Um, so Be Healed actually is it's one of them. It's not so actually three, one of the ones so that we three want books. To Do we have it somewhere? It's right there. Is it? It's right there. It's everywhere. <laughs> we have several copies of it. You're shaking everything. So it doesn't look great on YouTube. Not changing it or editing it. This is true. We actually have a stack of these, so we can give them to people. Yeah. Um, so this is one book, he, Be Healed. Oh, I'm supposed to look up here. <laughs> so this is one book, Be Healed. Um, I definitely will put it in the show notes. Definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. In terms of just gen, genuine, general healing, um, it definitely jump-started a lot of healing for us. That's led us to – look at this. You this is just, my you just, I just saw the notes. God, Father's love for us the way he loved Jesus. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> look at that. There it is. There it is. Renzo could have wrote that six years before. Okay, so hush. This is my copy with all my notes in it. Okay, so um, so that's one book for healing. Um, but in particular, in terms of the identities, yes. um, the two books that we want to highlight, one is what? Undone by Carrie Schutz. We're looking there. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Undone by Carrie Schutz Daunt. So this is Dr. Bob Schutz's daughter mm-hmm. wrote this book. Well, she collaborated actually with a lot of other authors, speakers, I don't know. Anyways, lots of different women. Um, it's outlined by JP2's letter to women and the four identities that he shares for women, mm-hmm. which obviously is rooted in our actual identities as daughter, sister, bride, and mother. Mm-hmm. So there's like four sections in the book and each section has short stories written by different women. Okay. Um, but it's called Undone because it's also inviting the intercession of Our Lady Mary Undoer of Knots into like helping us to undo the knots that have that have come into these different identities mm-hmm. and and impacted our relationships within those identities. Um, again, either by circumstance, by people towards us, or creating these knots ourselves, tying these knots ourselves in. Doing that, so my my girls group, my book club. Look, I don't know. Writing notes like a good student. I know. Look at all my highlights and stuff. Um, but you guys did that book too. We did this book too after Be Healed, and then we went on retreat. Um, undone the Undone retreat came to Connecticut, so mm-hmm. we we went to that. But before you jump into the retreat, the book okay. that uh, for gentlemen, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit later. You're supposed to look up there. Oh, sorry. Well, well. well. <laughs> So the book for gentlemen As is. I still look down here because <laughs> you're in your 30s. Uh, Born of Fire. Uh, it's by Father Innocent Montgomery, um, and it's being published by the Knights of Columbus. It's only ten dollars, um, and this is a book similar. It's funny because I don't think he uses. Well, JP two doesn't have a letter to men, which I'm a little frustrated about. Um, maybe, maybe. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Nope, nope. Uh, but there needs to be a there needs to be a letter to men, um, and I think lettermen going through all the masculine identities would be great. Yes. Uh, but for the meantime, Father Anselm yeah. Montgomery has written a Lenten devotional actually for men, um, going through the different masculine identities. And one of the things I like about their their spirituality because if you listen to their podcast, the Poco Poco podcast, um, they do they go through like a reflection every week, um, and their their like their spirituality 
similar to like what, what I was saying to you when I was telling you, like, you're a beloved daughter and you're like, yeah. meh. So like, I remember listening to the podcast a couple of years ago and it's just being like, this, this is nothing to me. Yeah. And then I had to like go through the videos again while going through this. And some of the things they're saying, like, they seem so simple. And you're just like, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to cry at my desk. <laughs> like I can't, people are here, but like just, I some needed of, that. like just like saying, like being able to talk about masculinity in a way, in a way that. I need to heal in order to be a better husband, mm-hmm. right? And it needs to be healed in order to be a better father. Because a lot of the things that, especially because we're raising four boys. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and the shows well, they put on for us. Um, yes, <laughs> from today. Funny. We had a dance performance they today. Did, they decided to put a dance performance on today. And the outfits were fine. Everything was fine. But it could have been a They challenged your father. They challenged my fatherhood. And it could have been a problem, but I've done so much healing work that it's okay. We're fine. (laughs) But like a lot of but a lot of the the stuff that could be dysfunctional in how I perceive myself, how I perceive my masculinity, how I perceive myself as a son and needing to earn things. Because that that could easily be just passed on to them. Yeah. So that they feel like they need to earn my love and they need to do like if they're not successful, I won't love them anymore. If they don't do certain things, I won't love them anymore. And I remember how much like how much sin, like uh, how many times I was sinning because all I wanted to do was earn somebody's love, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it be my, whether it be my dad's or or God's or you know friends, friends, or, anything yeah. else. Like there's a lot of if you don't know who you are, you're you're easily swayed one yes. way or the other. Um, and it's amazing to me that, like, amazing to me, but the way that God has designed our life and the way that God has designed our, um, like our our the process of life and where he has put us and in what relationships that that foundation of son has to be made. That's like the first, it's it's gotta happen first. Right. And that's because that's the first one in your entire life Mm -hmm. that that has to be laid before you can be a brother. Well, Mm -hmm. and and I don't think a lot of us, because so John Eldridge wrote wild at heart. I don't, the way I'm saying it to you is like, uh, do you know Wild at Heart? You yes. Okay, sorry. So it's a, it's a good book. It's another good book on masculinity. So in Wild at Heart, he talks about how every every man, no matter what, is going to have a father wound. Though I feel like it's hard to speak like general, like not everyone. everyone. Is that hard? You love. To I can speak do that. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> is that hard? I can do that. Uh, John Eldridge also does that. I'm so I'm in good company. But so he says that like every man's going to have a father wound. Um, and I think for the most part, that's correct. I know that there's a lot of good dads out there that, that maybe don't, you know, that, that live out their fatherhood in a way that isn't going to provide a no matter like that. how hard I'm pretty sure I, I'm, gonna... I'm pretty sure the kids are going to feel something <laughs> yes. from, from me, but, um, because they need to run to the, their father. Well, that's right? what like I was going to say. Like, like, it's beautiful. You, can't, that the... you have to be an imperfect father so that they know. What perfection is right. So I feel like that that's beautiful. That even if that's true, that all all boys are going to have a father wound. Like how beautiful it is that like our relationship with God the Father begins as as His sons. So that mm-hmm. like if and that has to be healed first yeah. in order to become brothers, right? And, yeah. And so like even if that's the case, like He's provided a way because in baptism we are adopted, and like that even the idea of becoming adopted sons and then heirs to to His kingdom, like that's that's something that I hope that our boys can appreciate. As mm-hmm. they get older, like I don't want them to be like, oh, I don't know, like take their faith grand for yeah. granted and not really live in it. But um, that being healed was big for for me and being able to be a good dad and 
hopefully be a good dad and then husband to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't get to go on a retreat for it. I know that you, um, you like you were saying, you went on a retreat with your friends to Undone. Yes. And yeah. how was how was that? in Because in, I remember you came back from that with, like it wasn't like a huge, super powerful, like teenage Steubenville retreat, but like you came back with very yeah. good insights yeah. into yourself and struggles. Um, what were some, jeez, oh, this is how life happens. Like you don't even really remember them and you, they come, they feel so powerful and I'm sure that they've had an effect on my mm-hmm. life, but I don't remember, I don't remember a lot of the specifics. Right. And this is where, this is kind of where we're talking about like the desire to be a speaker or to be, to just to be well-known or to be famous or to, you know. I have no desire for that anymore. Right. But we used to. And because you felt like these people had such an influence on me and I want to be someone that has an influence on others. Mm-hmm. And then now I don't remember what any Steubenville speaker said or what yep. was actually said on this retreat. I, you know, people might remember like a phrase, but it's a lot of what you, what did you learn and how did that mm-hmm. influence your life and how did that affect your life? Well, that's um, the thing. Sorry. Like back to like healing the identities. Like that's something that I realized that, that I might have a much bigger impact as a father. Right. Than I will as a as speaker to anyone else. Right. Right. Like they, the kids will remember. You can inspire, for some reason, remember everything then... wrong that I said. <laughs> <laughs> they remember all the things. Yeah. So the, there's a, that's the influence that I think, like that I want to invest more in than yeah. anything else. Yeah. I think what I just. Well, appre- could you speak specifically about like, you talked about being a mother prior to being a same, like being a same home mom and struggling with that. Like, could you speak to how that's the retreat helped you with that? Cause you said they broke up the day into the different. Mm-hmm. Into the different identities. Um, identities. So, so I think one of the one of the things that affected me, impacted me, well, was they did a lot of. Again, this is rooted in Dr. Bob Schutz's work. Dr. Bob Schutz, JP two healing is to his methodology of psychology and theology and putting them together. But what you had talked about was imagining yourself in the role of somebody else in scripture. Mm-hmm. And so I think that has been something that I have now tried to put into practice is that if I'm struggling with my identity as daughter or as sister, or even just as beloved by the Lord, by people around me to put myself in scripture, in the story, like interacting with Christ, interacting with Mary interacting with with God the Father and what is that like to hear those words be spoken to me mm-hmm. you know and to imagine that um and to allow that to influence that has influenced my prayer life in adoration and in lectio divina and reading scripture and in just in in prayer and in times of struggling or in times of or even like celebration of, you know, I feel like I'm doing this identity pretty well. I feel mm-hmm. confident. I feel comfortable. I feel, I feel this identity the way it's supposed to be mm-hmm. felt. I'm, I'm living this identity the way that it's supposed to be felt that I imagine that being a conversation, that being an interaction with me and, and the Lord. So. And how did that all change your, cause like you're a stay home mom now mm-hmm. and you've said before in other episodes, like you're not feeling that restlessness anymore. Yeah. So like, how did all that, like, so coming full circle, how did that, what made that go away? How did the identities, like healing those identities fix that? Sure. Well, some days I'm just too busy to feel restless. You're welcome. <laughs> um, 
I think that so much of it is just recognizing that recognizing that what I'm doing, the actions that I'm doing are not the end all be all and the actions that I'm not doing or my failures, they're not the end all be all. And they are not what, they're not what defines our family. They're not what defines my identity. They're not what defines my relationship with my children. You're talking about stay at home mom in particular. So Mm -hmm. these times where it's just me and the kids that, how the day might be going listed on paper or if somebody were to be, you know, watching like fly on the wall. Um, that's not that little snippet is, does not define our relationship and it does not define our identities. Um, and just surrendering to surrendering my day to my vocation, right? My vocation is my path to holiness and, it is me who is living in this vocation. So therefore my identity is involved in this. I'm the one that's being invited to this and to just surrender that like, here I am at, at your disposal, Lord, I do this for your glory. I'm trying, Mm -hmm. you know, and that at the end of all of that, you still love me Mm -hmm. that I'm still loved. I'm still good. And you feel like that, that took away the restlessness or, because you also are saying that you felt good at teaching, right? And you came back mm-hmm. confident. So like what, where, like, do you feel like you're more confident now when you, when you're parenting? Do you feel like it, it's not a matter of confidence anymore? Like what's, what's the internal change that's different? Hmm. Cause I'm sure like there's other people listening that feel like it feel in similar boats, whether even if they're not saying home parents, but like they feel they do a thing because it makes them feel good. But, and, and without that thing, they'd feel empty and feel like they have sure. no purpose, which all of those, that is a, disordered way of putting things because we should feel good with our identities as beloved. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that has been healing of that for me has been trying to instill that in my kids, Hmm. trying to show them that it's not what they do that makes me love them. Mm -hmm. And in trying to do that, I have in order to do that well, I have to believe that and I have to live that way too. So I think that that has been transformative for me. Yeah. Um, wow. That's interesting. Cause so like, just to give people a, a better idea of like where the kids ages are, like right now the oldest is turning 10 soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got 10 and not turning eight, six, six five, five, three, three. Um, and when you were a stay home parent or when you went to work last, I think our oldest was four. He, Yeah. So, so like, I feel like it's a lot harder to, to, cause like if you have young kids, I think it's a lot harder to have to work on those things. Cause those being four, like he doesn't really conceptualize sure. that much, but like now that they're older, like yes. you have to get that right. Cause like yeah. now they're, they're doing things, they're doing sports or they have school, they have grades. Right. Like I, I'm so surprised that our oldest actually does not get, I'm sure he gets upset, he gets answers wrong, but like he got a B in something last year and like he wasn't. He wasn't one of those kids that like was just like distraught yeah. that I didn't get all A's. And I thought he'd be one of those kids. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, I commend you a lot because like you're you're teaching him and you have no problem failing this, but so <laughs> thank you for being like that. Um, but like him being able to, to to not feel like his grades are his identity or his sports performance yep. is an identity. Because he's very good at sports. He is. But he, he's not defined by them. Right. Like he's 
And I, yeah. So like I, even before jujitsu tournament, like I sat and talked to him and like, you know, I love you no matter what. I right. don't care if you win. Right. I want you to give your best and I, I hope you get cold. But if you don't, I, I, yeah. you know, I don't judge you by that. I love you very much. And he, he's like, fine. He's like, no, I know. Yeah. I'm so nervous. I was like, yeah, you're allowed to be nervous. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's fine. Like, I don't judge you for being nervous. Like yeah. you're allowed to be nervous and yeah. trying to help them walk through that. Um, but when they're four, like they don't, they don't think that way. So it's harder to sure. have to work that out yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe just less opportunities. I don't know. I, uh, I think that's one of the big ones though, is just because I believe that about my kids. I need mm -hmm. to believe that about myself. So it's yeah. kind of amazing that you can like, how hypocritical are you that you like, you believe that about your kids and yeah. then you, you doubt that for yourself. You, you well, doubt your own goodness, yeah. but you believe that of your children. And so. if you don't believe that about your children, like, or I would, I would even like, I would like to push back not push back on you, but more of like, I'm sure there's people who know, like, no, I'd love my kid no matter what, but he has to get these grades. Mm. Right. Like, I think that's something that, that I don't think my parents would have ever articulated and said like, no, I don't love my son, even if he doesn't do these things, but they still put like, like the taco story I told you about, like, going yeah, to the doctor, yeah. like, why is he so chubby? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're feeding him too much. But like, but like having standards and be like, no, sure. I still love them. But like yes. my, in well, just and the I way mean, you articulate the standards. And that's a that's a wound that's for sure a wound that I've had to You got the chubby wound too? <laughs> Prom dress shopping, yes. We don't need to tell that story yet. Um but grades and and achievements were certainly a priority in my family when I was growing up. Mm. For me at least. Um and so much, so many lectures when thing when grades were not at what was expected, and and you know what about you was not capable of mm -hmm. achieving that and things like that. So there was there was a lot. I don't know. I think I think in identifying that there's a wound to be healed, then I can start to see how I can inflict a wound like that and how I can attempt to not inflict that same wound. Maybe I'm bypassing and inflicting other wounds that I don't know about because I'm too busy trying not to do those wounds. But, um, but again, it's a lot of, I don't know for me and for, I think in our relationship, it came from seeing how our dynamic was mm -hmm. and being, Realizing I'm not just restless within ourself, but even our relationship is not a place of rest. Mm -hmm. Like our, our relationship Ooh, is not a place of comfort and something is disordered in our relationship. And I, by the grace of the sacrament, we just refuse to settle with that. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it, for a while it looked like fighting over chores. And a lot of times it looked like, fighting over intimacy. And a lot of times it looked like fighting over weekend plans and who we're spending time with and our in-laws and, and all these things. These are, these are surface level, um, symptoms of a deeper, mm -hmm. those are the fruit as Dr. Brock the bad talks, fruit, the, the bad, bad fruit. fruit of a deeper root. And, and eventually we just kept trying to deal with the bad fruit and it wasn't going away mm -hmm. because the, the tree was still there and the tree was still planted. So, I like, I really, I don't, I can't pinpoint like one thing that tell that is that blew this all up for us, but mm -hmm. we just really 
refused to accept that this is the way that marriage was supposed to be. Yeah. And that we could still believe that these, you know, these idealized things of marriage, these beautiful love stories that they, there, there's something to those that has to be true. Yeah. And we just really wanted to believe that. And so we started down the path of healing. And yeah. I think that these four identities for men and women are so crucial to know about, to find ways that those identities have been attacked, um, to work on, on healing them. And I think that, um, I think that Lent is a really good time to yeah. spend, <laughs> to spend cause it's an extended period of time to really right. pause and, and sit in those identities. And, and do I believe that all of those identities mm-hmm. are good in me? Are they all beloved? Well, like you strip everything away and you go out to the desert yeah. to like kind of not see what you're made of, but like see what's really in there. Yeah. Um, and I think for a lot of us, we'd be surprised like how disordered our views are of our identities of all the different identities within ourselves and, and, yeah. and the things that we actually find value in. Um, so I actually think it would be cool. Like I wasn't really planning it this way, but like, if for Lent, uh, husbands and wives went through the identities yeah. together, mm-hmm. but like in different ways, it's beautiful because so like Father Father Innocent's book, look at this one, okay. um, is is a daily devotional, right? Yeah. And it's some of its story, some of its reflections. It's a little bit different every day, sure. Um, and it goes through the identity, so like it goes through son first, then I think it's brother, and it goes through all the different ones. Um, but the way it's written, I think, is written in a very masculine way because mm-hmm. I feel like if I remember correctly, Carrie's book is mostly all stories. Yes. Which is, again, I think is very beautiful. Because, yes. like, I think for a lot of men, it'd be like, okay, tell me exactly what this identity looks like. How does identity pray? Sure. And, like, you can – and then and then from there, I can start unraveling my heart. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, in there, it's 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 stories. And, it's, and yeah. it's, so it's seeing how it's done with other people. That's right. So it's testimonies. It's testimonies of women and how their identity – as daughter, sister, bride, mother have been distorted, disordered, and how they found healing in that mm-hmm. identity. So it goes, it, it, it's a story to show, it's a real life story to show, um, to show that point. And then um, it's got like some questions to help you think at the end of every story and scripture um, and things like that. There's, a, there's about four, I would say, in every identity. So it could be, it could definitely could be it done, work for Lent? I think so. Oh, interesting. Well, so I think we're gonna challenge our listeners to do that. I, yeah, I another thing we that talk I, to one another. Yeah, and I think it's important because one of the great things about the podcast has been that people have gotten back to us and said this has started great conversations with us as a couple. Um, and conversations are great, and that's why we're doing this. Um, but it would be great if you could get to a point where you're you're speaking about spiritual things together and then also yeah. praying together. Yeah. Um, so if, if say, so like say your, your husband or is going through and learning about being a beloved son while the wife is going through learning about being a beloved daughter. And then you can talk about that together and then you can pray to God, the father together For sure. to grow in your belovedness as daughter and son. That's only going to make your marriage better. So I feel like that's, right. that's a very interesting challenges come up. Yes. And it's an <laughs> invitation to speak into to speak truth and love into these other identities as well. And to notice that like, Oh, this is where my, this is where my husband's um, 
strengths come in because he really lives this identity wholeheartedly, or this is where some of his struggles and his sufferings come from and vice versa. So Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I'm just speaking from the wife's perspective, but it gives you more compassion Mm -hmm. and it gives you more understanding of like, oh, this is where we as a couple can work and Mm -hmm. can pray for and can, um, yeah, can like do some of this healing work because now I have a name for it and I have been able to narrow it down and pinpoint Mm -hmm. it out and, and to, yeah, because in your marriage, you are not alone in this. Right. Right. So this is, this is obviously a personal identity and it's unique because God created you unique, but also he has created you for vocation and created you for relationship. Mm -hmm. So you are not alone in this. Um, so I think this would be a really cool Lenten marriage adventure. I'm actually like excited because it's been a few years since I've read this. So I'm excited to go through it again. Cool. So let's do it. Um, and so let's not look this way. So, and same for you, uh, go ahead and books will be links will be in the show notes and, um, but thank you guys for being here. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, we love your support. We love being able to see that people are still listening. Um, I, you know, my worth is not on the podcast, but it would hurt a little bit if people were like, we're done with them. <laughs> just It would just hurt. And then it'd be like, okay, this is no longer our season, Lord. I understand. Um, but thank you for being here. And thank you for helping us. Even uh, those of you listening on audio, thank you so much. Those of you listening on watching on YouTube and helping us grow this channel. Thank you so much. Um, and anything else? What else do I say? At the end? I don't know, but go order these books. We'll put them, like he said, we'll put them in the show notes. They'll be from two different places because we just kind of put these together ourselves. Yep. Um, Because never mind. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Um, And yeah, I just hope that this is good conversation starter for you and your spouse. If you feel like any of our episodes are good conversation starters, share them with your friends, share them with your loved ones so that they can have good conversation. And oh, like comment subscribe leave five star reviews do all of the yep. things not to help our identity no, but to help these no. conversations be shared with this is the more only people. reason i'm happy please <laughs> <laughs> sorry my wife is the reason i'm happy no it's not she's not even either that's not it means either. nothing to me <laughs> nothing <laughs> nothing pendulum <laughs> and we'll see you at the next episode <laughs>